Hey, hey, welcome to Pretty Corrupt Podcast, your inside guide to celebrity scandals and the reality of reality TV. I'm Jordan Ross Myers, the man behind Twitter's notorious Don Gunvalson and Lee Radswell. Along with my co-hosts here, Stacey Noel Connor and Nate Safer, this week we're taking you inside the dirty details behind Sumner Redstone's billion-dollar empire, Erica Jane's latest million-dollar designer fraud, and the foreclosure of Kim Zolchak Bierman's Atlanta mansion. Howdy! Hi. <laughs> Guess whose Instagram's great. still up? Ours is, Ours, thank God. PCP. I guess we're not heavy enough on the Bravo content on Instagram because they've been shutting them down lately. I think it's the only time where it's a blessing that we are not as technically savvy as some other podcasters and um, Instagram Bravo influencers are. Like, we're not so quick to put up videos and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've always wondered, like, some of, how some of them, if they have leaks inside the network or uh, what, but they have, like, they have, like, these clips and trailers immediately. And yeah, well, now not anymore. They got and NBC Universal reported them for, I guess, content violations, something like that. And then these big accounts are being shut down, this like week. suspended or just flat out shut down. I don't know because you can always contest it. Like I had that issue with Dawn. I made an Instagram and it was huge in like the course of like a month, and it flew too close to the sun and they shut it down. And I um, I uh, appealed it, but they never got back to me. They had every right to <laughs> suspend that. So, but I don't know, because I think some of these accounts are going through the process of restoring theirs, but I don't know if they'll be allowed to. They might have to rebuild. I mean, sucks. Queens of Bravo, yeah. Her, mm-hmm. Hers got shut down, but they seem to maybe have already had a backup one already set up. <laughs> Which a lot of times, well, we should do this too. You kind of have to because because these accounts get hacked like crazy too. Yeah. So it's, that's why it's good to have a backup. And we yeah. all know we're going to get canceled at some point because of Jordan. He's going to do something. God, I hope so. Yeah. I don't be the think, only way that we get famous, I think. I, I don't want to jinx anything, but it's like I haven't been canceled yet, but watch. Between now and Tuesday morning, I disappear from social media. <laughs> Plenty of time between then and now. It's like, where's Dawn? Where's the late? Yeah, no. But uh, yeah, they, um, yeah, I guess I read, because I've been trying to sort it out. I'm not as plugged into Instagram as I am on Twitter. Like, it's more just something I go to, but I'm not like. I don't live and breathe by it. But so I've been reading and people are saying it's because specifically, or this is a theory that they were sharing um, Potomac RHOP content that I guess, I guess violated some trade. Is it a copyright or a trademark? Whatever. Uh, what, copyright. I think it's copyright. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's copyright. And so that's why NBC, um, is going after them. I also think, though, it's there are, I mean, we're all guilty of it, but they're running, I think Bravo's trying to, my theory, 
they're trying to get a little bit tighter rein because these accounts operate kind of as shadow <laughs> shadow networks, leaking news and stories and violating NDAs and all kinds of things. And so by the time by the time the shows air, we know everything that's happened and what is going to happen. And so maybe I think Bravo's trying to what's it, circle the wagons? I'm thinking mm-hmm. of all those old timey phrases. That makes well, sense. I mean that makes sense, but I also feel that these accounts also build up so much buzz mm-hmm. for these shows. And because, look, it's human nature, and I'm sorry, like we, we all want to kind of, people love being the first to know things or the first to have things, the first to be in line, the first, mm-hmm. to, the first to ride a ride, the first to own a, a certain iPhone, the first to do this. So like having this knowledge first as a viewer, people love that. People love having that power and that knowledge there. So if, Really, what Bravo, NBC Universal, in my opinion, should be doing is they should be harnessing that by working with these accounts to maybe offer mm-hmm. them exclusive. You know, just almost like how people in PR and like networks and stuff like that work with the media. Like if we if we want to believe, you know, talk you know about stories like swapping stories like hey we'll give you this exclusive content if you'll hold off on this stuff like we don't want you to talk about anything about like possible beverly hills blah 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 but we'll give you all this stuff for new jersey and we'll give you all this stuff for atlanta and all this stuff for potomac do you know what i mean mm-hmm. like kind of do this like be strategic and yeah but and look it'll give you can open up an entire new like job sector not only at like the network but you could do, you know, but within influencers too, you're, you're creating an entire economy. Like stop taking away jobs from people. Yeah. Let's true. make some jobs for people. They do. I mean, like one thing with them, I think instead of punishing these accounts, what Bravo needs to do is uh, punish the cast members, the housewives. Every cast member, every housewife has her, has people in her accounts in her pocket. Mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes we see them get revealed. It all comes out in a scandal and then the, the screenshots of their DMs. But, um, this is everyone has their fa- <laughs> That's going to be your downfall. You just, you just described yourself. <laughs> it's been, it's been an upward trajectory so far. No, but, um, <laughs> yeah, I, so I know how it works and I wondered with some of these Instagram accounts, like, and they're also on Twitter, but you know, a lot of these are like, basically they built a Bravo brand outside of Bravo and, um, where they're getting their information, but it's interesting seeing Bravo have these accounts shut down. Cause that means it's not coming directly from Bravo. Like I thought some of these accounts were big enough that they would receive official leaks, but apparently not because they're being punished for it. So where do you think they're getting leaks from? I don't know. Production. I mean, even people within production of these shows, producers leak things, producers, publicists, cast members. It's like, it's a, it's so hard to stop it, really, for Bravo. So I guess the only thing they could do is shut these accounts down. 
because they're like one cast, say five or six people, they have managers and publicists and, and then there's a crew. Everyone loves it. It's a, it's a whole gossip economy. So everyone has a story to tell. Well, hell, when I worked on Top Chef, I was just a lowly, well, I was the head PA, so I at least was higher than a lowly PA, but I was working the finale in Hawaii, and it wasn't a live finale, but it aired later on, and I knew the, who the winner was long before it aired, and my friends would just ask me, and I was like, fuck it, I'll tell you, Alon won. I don't care. Mm-hmm. Doesn't, I didn't sign an NDA, doesn't buy, so yeah, like even like a PA could be the one leaking information. Yeah. And so, I mean, I don't know. It's And a lot of these people are under NDAs, but they don't care. I mean, you trade for favors. Not that I know, but... Of course not. No, no, Not no. that but I would be We're talking versed. about a theoretical situation, not you. Not you. Yeah. I don't enjoy gossip. I don't know no, anyone. No, None of us do. We don't traffic in gossip on this this podcast. We, we only no. stick to, we stick to facts. That are widely reported already. Facts, positivity, uplifting content. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're here for the we're here for the happy stories. Yeah, Yeah, we'll keep. I guess we'll keep you guys updated if you haven't been seeing it. But like, honestly, I don't even want to ask some of these people what happened because it's like embarrassing. If I got shut down, I'd be like, I don't know. I don't want to talk about it. (laughs) <laughs> They're still up on Twitter. They're rebuilding their Instagram. So good for them. Well, as long as, long as it was worth it. Speaking of TV network control, <laughs> awkward transition number one. Many <laughs> more to one. come. That was a good one. It's the book about Sumner Redstone and the fight for Viacom, unscripted. Unscripted, the epic battle for a media empire. Dun, dun, dun. I love these kinds of books. I love these kinds of families. I love the dysfunction. No, you you love the the girlfriends. The girlfriends speak to you. His his bevy of young girlfriends. Uh, When you brought this story up a few days ago, I honestly, I legit was going to text you. I thought Sumner Redstone was dead. And I looked it up. I'm like, oh yeah, he is. Because I wasn't it, for a minute there. I was. I had some doubt. I'm like, wait, is he still with us? Pretty sure. Yeah. He died. I, mean, I mean, look at the pictures of him. He's very much. Oh, he died uh, like 30 years ago. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. He was. I mean, even in this, um, even in this case with all his, uh, what will we call them? His daughter called them his whores. Mm-hmm. But we're but we're nice people. We'll call them his uh goddesses. No, we'll call them his whores. Um, okay. allegedly. I mean, he was like senile, but he was mm-hmm. still asking for these women. Yeah. Like it, I mean, um, they had to like prop him up and I know. Well it was, it was very, around. very Hugh Hefner with like the yeah. girls next door and even later on when like he was exact yeah. Uh, and you know, for anybody who doesn't know who Sum- Sumner Redstone is, he uh he ran Viacom CBS for thirty three years. He uh mm-hmm. he took over in a hostile takeover in nineteen eighty seven, and still ran it up until he was ninety seven years old. Even though he was clearly not of sound mind, I mean, his daughter was running it, but he still was technically the CEO. He is one of those. Lo- He's one of the last. Titans, one of the last moguls in that sense. He ran that company old school Hollywood style. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. He was the the Louis B. Mayer. 
The executives were under him. The actresses were allowed to be abused. I mean, it was old Hollywood. Look, he's like, he, Logan Roy is like based on like him and Rupert Murdoch, basically. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's what succession is. Like, geez, succession is just a classier version of those two like crappy families. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Like, uh, honestly, if anything that like the Redstone saga shows us is that as, as Luann de Lesseps sings to us, money can't buy you class. Like mm-hmm. it doesn't buy you class. It doesn't buy you morals. It just buys you power. That's it. That's all it gets you. So these people are no better than any of us. No better. No, no. no. They just think wow. it. And you know, and if they can, if they can make you think that they're better than you, then that's when they've won. But if you don't think that they're better than you, then then you're okay. Yeah. That's just my opinion. Well, I celebrate that they're awful people. That's like yeah. part of the. That's why that's the, that's your purpose. That's your raison d'être <laughs> here in this lifetime, Jordan. I'd be, I'd be a little disappointed if people this rich were actually like normal and nice. Right. I mean, at this point. God, that'd actually be, I'd feel terrible if people this rich were actually nice. Then I'd feel really bad. It's great to know that they're awful behind their gates and inside their mansions and jets. Deep down, they're really unhappy, petty people. And that's, it's comforting. (laughs) But yeah, so he, you know, so the book, I guess, is about multiple things. Mm-hmm. There's the battle to save the company from, okay, it's the battle. His daughter, Sherry, took over the company. She would be the Shiv, mm-hmm. the Shiv Roy, and she saved the company. Yeah, there's a lot of, that's like a whole separate episode. Um, there's the Leslie Moonvis issue. He was Leslie Moonvis's boss. As powerful as Leslie Moonvis was in Hollywood, he answered to Sumner Redstone. That's a whole, that's like me too. That's a whole episode. But what came out this week mainly is that in his later years, he was shacked up in his Beverly Park mansion with his girlfriends one of which he met through Patty Stanger's millionaire matchmaker mm-hmm. service. And they basically locked him in a wheelchair and took control of his multi-billion dollar empire. She's like the cockroach of Bravo. Like she just, she keeps coming, even though her show got canceled, she keeps like showing back up in the weirdest places in pop culture. Mm-hmm. Like Patty Stanger ain't going ever away. Never. Yeah. Well, She's like good the- friends with Jill Zarin, and it makes perfect sense yeah. when you think about how they are. They're not letting go. They're the- not welcome back, but they're not leaving on their, you know. Patty was brought in by Sumner's uh, grandson. Uh, mm-hmm. It was Brandon, Brandon Korf, Karf, um, because he basically, he got sick of his, his grandfather hitting on his girlfriends. Like he, like Sumner was a horny old man and and hit on young women, including evidently at like the, um, I think it was like the 09 MTV movie awards. Sumner was hitting on his grandson's girlfriend 
And his grandson flat out said, I can't take this man anymore. So he hired Patty Stanger to find a woman for his grandfather and evidently had her on some sort of retainer because they were paying her a fee of like $120,000 a year. So she was like, yeah. So now, now we kind of know her rates. That's 10,000 a month uh, for her services. I wonder how many Um, matches she made. Cause this, yeah, this, this one was, uh, her name was Sydney Holland. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, she was 29 years old she at the time. 39. Okay. That's a 39. Yeah. Okay. 39. She was 39. Okay. I read there the article. Are, she was 39. Yeah. There were varying reports and 39 makes sense. Cause when yeah. some articles said she was 29 yeah, I and I posted I a picture of it, yeah. I mean, not to be rude, but she was like a New Jersey 47. There was no way she was 29. Correct. Even like, even though her face, you could have been like, well, her neck said, her neck said mm-hmm. 30s. I was like, uh-uh, no. Yeah. We, yeah. And so each of these women, um, so wait, he brought, okay, he had one girlfriend, former fiance, hers, what's her first name? Manuela Herzer. It was Manuela. Which one are we talking about? Sydney Holland yeah. is the one that Patty yeah, yeah. said. The other That's one's the one name who is came later. Man, Man, Manuela, Manuela uh, Herzer. Her- Herzer. And, and he met her. And so she. Oh, I was just gonna say he met he met where? the other one, um, the old school way. He met her at a Robert Evans dinner party, which is the best place to meet yeah. a lady. You know, I feel Think like about those it. parties were. Kind of, uh, yeah. This is how he rolled those creepy old powerful men. <laughs> grandpa's great no but yeah so manuela the one he met at a robert evans party which i don't think we can be sued at this point because they're all dead but allegedly anyways i mean robert evans was a skeezy guy he 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 rolled with hookers let's not yeah i mean you know what kind of a dinner party he was having if there were young women and very old rich men Mm -hmm. so and um, so she became his confidant. They didn't stay together romantically, but she was his right-hand woman. And then so after that, Patty Stanger brought in Sydney Holland, this other girl. And they worked together, these two women. Manuela was the brains of the finances. Sydney was the manipulative girlfriend who kept him uh, sexually enticed. Mm-hmm. And between the two, they bilked him out of $150 million, isolating yep. him from his family, his friends. They, Their goal was to get the whole company, I guess. Yeah, they weren't just handling his personal affairs. They were handling, they were, they were controlling who he was having meetings with. Like just business yeah. meetings. And he's the CEO of one of the biggest media conglomerates in the world. So that is kind of a big deal. Yeah. I mean, they had a, they each, I guess they were, um, you know, they had credit cards from him mm-hmm. that were like, uh, I think they were spending like two million a year each. She, uh, Manuela Herzer, uh, had she racked up one point five million in credit mm-hmm. card debt, and um, Sydney Holland two million. And the one yeah. that really stuck out to me is that, and I'd really love to know what this was. They 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 didn't say what it was, but they said that Sydney had one 
charge at Saks, a single charge for $58,461 for a single charge. I'd really, I mean, it's Saks, but still, I'd like to know what that was for. I mean, is it one item or is it one Just one charge. So it's probably multiple items, but it was just a single charge. Yeah. And then um, the cool, well, I shouldn't say cool, but okay. Interesting. (laughs) They also acted as his procurers. Sydney, while being his number one girlfriend, like you said, very half. He did propose to her, give her a nine carat canary. Um, But part of her job was vetting other women, other young girls to come. And so there was a flight attendant on the CBS Viacom Mm -hmm. jet that he hit on and hit on and started sending gifts to. And was like, he sent her a crystal, I'm guessing Judith Lieber, because it was a crystal panther clutch. You know, the kind those women carry, like, a cupcake or whatever. And he said like something like, I'm like a Panther and I'm going to pounce. Ew. Oh, I he mean, had some, yeah. He had some choice line, but because this came from her, the, 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 the flight attendant, her name was uh, Malia Andalin. Um, and she was 26. He was 85 at the time when he was doing this. Um, and he, a couple of the lines he used, like one on the plane said to her, I hear women like to be spanked. Do you like to be spanked? This is an 85-year-old man asking this to the flight attendant. Uh, in another line, he said that I thought was pretty funny. He's, um, uh, so Mission Impossible, the show Mission Impossible was a Viacom show that he, I guess, you know, he was running. it. Uh, but his, his line to her was, some say I created Mission Impossible. And some say that this mission is impossible. But I made this mission possible. He's telling this to her. like that, That's his pickup line. It's the dumbest thing I've ever heard, but I guess an 85-year-old billionaire, I guess it sounds a little bit better. Everything's more romantic coming out of an 85 billionaire's mouth. It worked for a while. I mean, she was, I mean, she was, I mean, I don't know if she was officially like his girlfriend, but he did, he he took her out to parties. He revised his will often. They said at least like, I think, I don't know if it was 40 or 400 times, but he was always, these girls were in and out. And uh, basically Manuela and Sydney held down the fort. They were his Holly Madisons. And then he had the others. Um, and he, his will was always changing, but he'd leave them token amounts of 20 million, 10 million or 1 million. And depended on your status with him. You could be cut out. You could have your amount upgraded. It kind of what is he the inspiration for Tropic Thunder, Les Grossman? I think he was. That's just I believe he was. Mm-hmm. That might have been the, like a Tom Cruise character. Yeah, I Les think Cru- that, that might have yeah. been a combination no, of several. It was the the inspiration was um, uh, Rudin Scott Rudin. Oh, okay. oh, that makes that sense. Was Though Scott Rudin, is, mm-hmm. Scott Rudin is Paramount Viacom, so I mean he's kind of an underling, sort of. Of, of so Sumner. he he was okay. He but worked I, for Sumner then. I know yeah. people who worked for Scott, and their stories about that man. Not necessarily uh, we, like Weinstein stories, but just the yelling, the craziness. Um, oh yes, that name's clicking. There was and, a yeah, but also he um, abusive, mm-hmm. very abusive. oh he got very he got, he, got swa- he was taken down. Abusive. 
by the like by mm-hmm. me too. He he got yeah. he got yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. He, and he's think also, about how or what? Well, and like, think about like, how awful he has to be to be taken down without sex charges. That's he was just mean. Yeah, <laughs> like, I'm, I'm surprised there aren't, but they wouldn't be coming from women. No, they would not. Interesting. Yeah. No, he's yeah, he's openly gay. Um, but yeah, no, I, oh, I, we yeah. always we heard legendary. You know, I worked on the Paramount lot at Entertainment Tonight, but sometimes we'd have to go over to his building for mail, things like that. And I talked to people that worked for him, and they were. Everybody's terrified of him. Even people that didn't work for him but were mm-hmm. on the Paramount lot would be like, I'm not taking mail to that office. No, I don't want to go anywhere near that wow. office. He would, okay, this is all, I'm going to say, I'm going to put it under the umbrella of allegedly, because I mm-hmm. did not work there. I heard this story from a couple of people who worked there back in like the 90s. So we're talking mm-hmm. like a long time ago, very long time ago. That he, you know, he would have dates over to his office in the middle of the day. And like people, like his employees could hear him basically, you know, getting it on with dates, dates. I'm going to use that loosely in quotation marks. And I truly remember. Were they, were they, were they uh, hired? I I, I think they were a combination. Okay. Hired and non-hired. But I remember distinctly the story that I might throw up again um, (laughs) of one of my friends telling me that he was yelling in his office and nobody could understand, but granted, nobody wants to go near the door. And he just, and so he opens the door and he truly, I guess there had been a couple of gentlemen with him, truly covered in cum, yelling out orders. And then wait, so he, wait, he was covered? This is the middle the of a work covered? day. He was covered in cum. No, he was. Interesting. Interesting. So, so okay. This is so all alleged. This is, is all alleged. This is all alleged. Yeah. But also yeah, came from multiple sources. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Interesting. But all alleged. Wow. Hmm. Okay. That's okay. gross. <laughs> like, a little, a little bit, but I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. know about the men if they were, if they were, uh, you know, nice boys that he just met out or, and about, yeah. or um, or paid for them. or casting couch style. I mean, that could have been know. it. Yeah, but no, I don't know if he but, did it that way though. I didn't get. I didn't get the impression of that from my friends who worked there. But that that is not saying that that is impossible. That makes mm-hmm. sense. You know, I'm just telling you what I heard. I don't want to suppose anything. Yeah. So already that's but pretty we, inflammatory what I just said. <laughs> eh. We've said worse. Eh. But yeah. Have we? God, I don't know. Well, probably. I don't know, but I just wouldn't want Scott Rudin. All, I wouldn't want to wake up to a voicemail from Scott Rudin yelling no. at me. No, 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 no. I would... I do need to scroll back through some tweets because I wonder, because as I was reading it, Sydney Holland, by the way, something, these women walked away with a ton of money. Manuela and Sydney each basically netted $75 million each. That's in total of gifts. He bought them good real estate. And yeah. she, Sydney still flips high end homes in LA. Long he's been dead. She got to. They each got to keep roughly seventy to seventy five million apiece. So their services 
their services paid off. So, well, bravo. as part of a, a lawsuit, she did have to repay uh, part of it. She had to repay the family three point two five million. But once you take, once you steal that much money from them, that's not very much. Yeah. And she was in line. She they 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 re uh, like amended the will to take her out of it because she was in line to get another fifty from the will and oh, I believe okay. the Beverly Park Mansion. Like wow. they they said that she was in line to no. get. Yeah, I believe that because they said she was in line to get his home in Beverly Hills. Unless he had, I mean, mm-hmm. he might have had multiple, but they described it as a twenty-plus million-dollar home. So I assume that was the Beverly Park one. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, that's, I have to. They, I'll have to scroll okay. back. Yeah, because my thinking is Sydney Sydney Holland for Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. She is scandalous. She is wealthy. <laughs> She's connected to power. Creepy old men. Everything these women have been or want to be. <laughs> so that would be pretty amazing. I don't know if she needs it, though. She, you know... Be interesting. Did okay. She did okay. Well, they they got in and they got in at his height, like his um. Yeah. So at his height, uh, Redstone's net worth was five billion. That was about in 2015. Mm-hmm. That was the height. By his death, it had been cut in half. I mean, it was so it was two point wow. six billion, which is frankly that's mm-hmm. still a lot of money. But to go from five to two point six in a couple of years, that's not you know. Yeah. I'm wonder, not going to turn away 200. I wonder if it was this. Yeah. I mean, it, it's a little put. No, I'm joking. <laughs> a single digit billionaire. Disgusting. No. It, it's just funny. Like the story and these stories, the, the, for this book, the, the authors said the stories are completely corroborated by his own family. Like Sherry, the daughter, actually, mm-hmm. they said she, she corroborated them herself or she had people that worked for her that did. And the grandson spoke on the record. Like that's how they know the Patty Stanger stuff. Like he, the, the grandson said his own like grandfather, his octogenarian, nonagenarian grandfather would call the grandson at three or four in the morning looking for, looking for girls. Like imagine being like a 25 year old and your grandfather is texting you at three asking where the girls are. Look, and this is the thing. I'm sorry. 20, 20 something, even even 30-something-year-old woman don't want to be with an 80-something-year-old man. Like, sure, okay, I'll be spanked by you, old man. Uh, you know, as long as I'm being spanked by a stack of $100 bills that you're going to be giving to me later yeah. on. And as long as I don't have to look at your, you know, crusty old sack afterwards. <laughs> fuck no. Like, like what, the fuck, what the fuck are you thinking? I'm sorry. Only no young woman wants to be with that saggy flat ass i'm sorry and whatever well, he, was going on with his face like well he know. had to know that i mean he basically bought these women it was yeah. an offer it was it transactional is amazing how delusional rich people can be though like it's true right, i yeah. mean he came in like i feel i wonder what do you think is gross actually sorry rich men can be <laughs> rich men can be rich white yeah. men can be cuz they just you know, it, there there is that that little nugget, that cold, dark, cold piece nugget that says I'm not worthy and good enough, and that's what everything's been built around to to hide that nugget. So yes, that that does live there. But wait, no. I, what I'm wondering is, is it grosser if 
you think, or maybe sadder, if he actually thought they'd be attracted to him or if he straight up made it a transaction? No, I think he he thought, I, I think in a way, a lot of these, okay, not all men, but I think a lot of these types of, you know, rich men like that, that's what they think. They think, they still think because they are that rich and because they can't afford facelifts and stuff like that and whatever, and just because they have money and most they're mostly surrounded by yes people, that they still are attractive and that women still want to fuck them, even though women don't want to fuck them. You're women right. want to fuck them over. Because, he, because look, if you are making it a transaction, look, I'm sorry, if you offer anybody a bunch of money for something like relatively transactional, even sex, like I'm a lot available. of people will take it because they'll be like, yeah, look, yeah. you got, you know, look, $10,000 to you, Sumner Redstone, is like dropping a dime on the sidewalk. But for me, it could mean like paying off the last of my student loans or like being able to finally buy a car or something like that. Like, and that's, that's the thing is that, so for somebody like him, like, I don't know. I think you guys get a, what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. Well, the, Wow. I just don't oh, want to throw I, up again. The, <laughs> well, I was going to say the the flight attendant, um, the Malia Andalin, she, she was well aware it was a transactional thing. And she said that she was led to believe that he was treating it as such. Like he was paying to take her to these fancy functions because he wanted others to think that he was betting beautiful women. So, and she, she yeah. just like, and she, she knew and- what she was part of. And there you go. Everybody knew that he wasn't betting yeah. these women. Yeah. I'm sorry. Was- That's the thing. That's the delusional part of it is that he, even if he like thinks that they, they want him and it, it's transactional thinking that other people would think that he, that they think that he's actually getting these women without paying them or without there being some incentive for them on the back end. Like, no, this isn't love, man. No. And that's and she- okay. But I let's don't not- think he thought it was love. He had a circle of a harem well, he's dead. We of can't women. Ask him, so you know, he no, really but I mean, anyway. the way he structured his will, and you were in or out, and you had a credit it's card. It's power. It's all power. It's not right. Power. I don't think it was. I don't think it was meant to be love. No, I think it was meant to be pros- kind of pretty the- woman. <laughs> yeah, I mean, pretty women. No, pretty. I mean, that one they. I, that could be a whole thing. I mean, they make it seem so romantic and cute, but that's really what it was. He lived in Beverly Hills too. The 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 best part is is the entire downfall of the 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 whole thing, the whole house of cards was that um the two girlfriends, Sydney and Manuela, they had a falling out. And that's what that's what drove the whole thing collapsed because the uh, Sherry, the daughter, the whole family knew what these women were doing, but it's like, it was too, it had gone too long, gone on so long that they couldn't stop it. But the thing that stopped it was that the two girlfriends fell out with each other because one and Sydney, turn- Sydney ended up having an, an affair with somebody else. Um, and still using Sumner's money to pay for like her affair. Like she was doing $8,000 round trip, private jet flights and things um and they just the the in the book it describes her her um um adult or her what's the what's the male version of a mistress um mr lover lover her lover extra lover lover the affair she was having and using sumner's and i guess manuela thought her money was his name was george pilgrim 
but the way he's described in the book is as a convicted felon slash soap opera actor. So, you know, <laughs> he sounds delightful. I did the convicted, I don't, yeah, felon slash soap opera actor. And evidently that's what got Manuela pissed off. So them fighting with each other gave an opening for Sherry to get in there and, and start filing elder abuse lawsuits. Because they used to work hand in hand, Manuela yeah, yeah. and Sydney. They were a team. And once they turned on each other, because they had staff like signing NDAs, I think taking lie detector tests to prove their loyalty. To oh, them. the staff was terrified of them. Absolutely terrified. Yeah. It was yeah. a big deal when Sherry won control of the company. I mean, like Hollywood applaud. It was a move, not just, you know, I mean, justice. She's taking back her family's legacy. But I mean, you're replacing this pervy old guy from the old pervy guard with a woman. Mm-hmm. And, and one that he had a, so what a, what a well, beautiful it's, it's also, Hollywood story. Well, especially since that, the, that is not like a, a it's it, like you said with succession, like, yes, that's like a corporation, but it's also sort of like, like with the Murdochs, it's a family business mm-hmm. but but Viacom is not so it's unusual like that there's not like a family hierarchy like you're you know just because your kids are in the business your kids you know maybe you can groom them to take over the business one day but it's it's like a corporation so you know it's not necessarily your kids that are going to be in charge if, if Sumner was ousted you, you know I think there was there was talk of Les Moonves replacing him at, at times but yeah. you know we saw how yeah. that happened yeah, I don't think Sumner wanted his daughter to. They had an odd, or they didn't have the yeah, best yeah. relationship, and he was he probably like sexist. I'm imagining. Yeah, there's just one last quote from Patty Stanger, and this quote confused me. But when he she was describing Sumner's like proclivity, not proclivities, his his what he looked for in a woman, his Patty's. His taste, that's the better word. Mm-hmm. Uh, Patty's quote was, he flirts with everybody, but really loves busty, blue-eyed brunettes. I was the look. Patty said this. So I'm like, so Patty thinks that she's Sumner's style? Uh, okay, okay. Okay, she does. okay I'll she- give her this, which is the reason I described Sydney Holland as a New Jersey 47. She does have that look. I'm not... You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I don't think Patty's, I don't know if Patty's flattering herself, but I see. Sounds like it. Yeah. 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 Like, but I do see a similarity between a resemblance between her and Sydney Holland. It's that hard plastic surge. Uh, Yeah. Well, it's the severe straight straight brunette hair. Patty has light eyes. So did, so did Sydney. But but also, because I watched Millionaire Matchmaker, she would always tell the girls if they had curly hair to straighten out their hair. She's mm-hmm. like, men don't like curly hair. They, they prefer, they go for more straight hair. So straighten out your hair. So it's always that straight hair. And Patty Stanger, you know, has has big breasts. She just does. <laughs> like, she just, yeah. Like, so yeah, she was describing herself like, she was, <laughs> and I'm like, why are you saying, I was like, oh, Patty, you just say some of the cringiest things. Yeah, honestly, if she had a shot at him, she would have dumped her service 
Yeah. I would yeah. dump my service. See you guys. I'm not on the podcast next week. This is the ghost of Sumner Redstone. No. <laughs> <laughs> Sherry Redstone. Break out my Ouija board. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, it's um, um well. Oh my gosh. Well, can we go from, from one um media whore to another? Yeah. Speaking of No, no speaking, speaking of. of we're just going from yeah. one media whore to another. <laughs> Cringy old man. At least Sumner had his money. Really had his money. This is true. We've learned since Tom Girardi did it. Poor Erica. Mm-hmm. You guys saw that story, right? Oh, man. Well, I found I found out about this this new like development in the Erica Jane Ger- Tom Girardi craziness. Michigana is. I found out about it from uh, the famous drag queen Willem's uh, tweet about it because apparently Erica and Tom, <sighs> it's it's very convoluted. It's in the LA Times. I believe the paywall still may be down. I'm not sure. But how they they placed a wire claim, wire fraud claim on her main costume designer, who is also a huge costume designer for drag queens in the, you know, in the, in the gay and drag community. Um, and so she had racked up charges of like almost like $800,000 over the years. Yeah. And then they basically used their secret service pals that he had to come back and say that, that this company, Marco Marco, um, fraudulently charged them for this money. Yeah. And 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 they tried to get it back. And Amex actually basically paid the paid the Girardis back this money. And then the Secret Service went after this this designer and his and his business partner. Really went after the business partner. Because the business partner just seems like a nice guy. This it's just another example of I hate to say this. I'm not, and I'm not, I'm not victim shaming at all, but have a lawyer. Do not Ever like if if somebody comes in and starts to talk to you about being like wire fraud or anything, if you looks like you're being charged with something, you get a fucking lawyer. And also, like you don't try to clear it up, you don't try to go like, oh, this is okay. Like it's probably okay, but you get a lawyer because these people know what they're looking for, and you don't know what they're going to use against you. Get a fucking lawyer. Get a lawyer. Get a lawyer. Get a lawyer. I don't care if you're just like calling your cousin who's like a divorce attorney, like at least have a lawyer there. You know what I mean? Doesn't matter because he kind of, he kind of got screwed because he was such a nice guy. He offered up all this information early on and, and, uh, it wasn't until they finally like hired some like real good attorneys and these attorneys were like, what the fuck is going on here? How the fuck do they know? How the fuck does Tom Girardi know secret service guys? How is he, how is this a secret service thing? Like, because it usually is a huge, it's a larger case. I think we need to explain a couple of things here. Uh, Also, there's an LA times article that people can read too. Yeah. But like reading it, um, the secret service, doesn't just protect the president. It no. handles uh, financial fraud, Jen Shaw style, national, large. Because I was the whole time money, things like that. Yeah, the whole time I was reading this, wondering how the hell did the Secret Service get involved? Because essentially, it's 
Um, Erica uses designer for years, racked up $800,000 in charges on Amex. And once they got into financial trouble, suddenly she claimed it was all fraud. And then Tom turned around because he was upset about spending it and called his connection at the secret service. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah. And there's a whole other part. I don't want to go into it. Like his connection at the secret service, Tom Girardi tried to help with, with, with a case for him, which actually Tom Girardi didn't even end up helping and end up having to pay out of his pocket money to this guy. It's crazy. It's just crazy. But yeah, like, they should definitely read the article. Definitely read the article. Yeah. I mean, it, it will take you, you know, a good like seven to 10 minutes, I would say. But I think, but I think it's worth it because I mean, honestly, LA Times has become the place to read informational articles about housewives' legal issues. It is the place to like. I think I think people should get you know if you're if you're a housewives fan and you got you know a few people in your group uh, band together and get a LA Times article, LA Times uh, um, subscription, and and share it amongst yourselves and like and read these articles because they're very in depth. They're very good. But yeah, I'm but going to promise to post a link to the article, which is like a 60% chance I'll forget. I'll so I think saying I'll do it jinxes it, but I'm, gonna I'm going to try. It. I'll do yeah, it. I'm going to write I'll it do down. It. I'll do it. Yeah, I'll that do might it. be. <laughs> I'll, I'll do it right after. I'll do it. I'll do it right after. Well, I'll make it and I'll sit it there. And then on Tuesday, I'll post it since we're recording on yeah. Sunday. But, but basically, you know, it's also, it's not just like, oh, here, here they are lying. Here's Tom Girardi lying. Here's Erica Jane lying. And, but also here's Erica Jane taking down a very like seminal figure in the, in the LA gay community, you know, well, and in the drag community too. And in a, in a community that she claims to like, love and represent and be a part of. And it's like, what? What? Like you, you almost ruin you, you ruin these guys' lives for quite a few years. They're lucky that they have a business still because they have such like wonderful clients who believe in them and keep coming to them. But the, the scary part that I got, I think it makes Erica look horrible, horrible. is that, well, many things make Erica Jane look horrible. But so, um, you guys, when you read it, you'll hear, but Amex paid off, Amex paid Tom back. They got their money back. Whether it was stolen or not, that was settled. Um, Tom's away. You know, uh, that whole life fell apart. And the prosecutors dropped the charges against this guy. And she still to this day is calling wants to see this guy prosecuted. Mm-hmm. She's just like, I don't know if it, she's still going with this because she says if they don't prosecute him, she'll continue to look like a liar as if that will, you know what I mean? <laughs> That's not the only thing, honey. <laughs> this is the case. This is the case she referred to on the show where she said, I've worn a wire recently. It was <gasps> this case. You're right. It wasn't about Tom. It was about stealing money back for Tom. 
Oh my god! Stealing allegedly because she's still alive. And, I mean, yeah. and it's it's interesting because yes, because they talk about that wire, that recorded conversation, and and he made sorry, I'm forgetting his name. Um, the the designer, the company's called Marco Marco. Yeah, and basically, there's um, Salia. Um, Christopher Salia, he's the co-owner. He's not the designer, but he's the co-owner who's like the business side. He seems like a nice, I feel for him because he seems like a guy who, yeah, like got overwhelmed and was like, you know, well, we wanted to invoice you or we did invoice you for stuff, but you were always just like, put it on the Amex. I don't care. Like, just put it on the Amex. And then you come back to you. It's, it's one of those times where logically, or as a third party, you can look at it and you go like, well, why didn't you... Why didn't you get a why didn't you get a lawyer or why didn't you like stop saying things or why did you not agree to things? But sometimes it's like when you're up against somebody with such a strong personality like Erica and you're under the heat and under the pressure, you know, it's that fight, flight, fawn, or freeze. Sounds like he started fawning. Like he was like, Okay, well maybe like maybe something happened and like maybe this and that and and like okay, okay, like just trying to make it better. And I totally understood when he said, he's like, I don't want, I didn't want to lose a client because I very much understand that having worked in the service industry for so long. And when you've got stuff like Yelp and all these reviews and everything's based on a review, which sometimes is helpful and sometimes is so hurtful. But if somebody makes you think that like you can live or die, like you're by just them leaving you and like trashing your um, company, you might try to do anything you can and say anything you can to make it work, you know? Well, yeah, this isn't like, uh, I mean, this is like accusing him of a crime. Yeah. So, it's I mean, this is like, fraud. yeah. Mm-hmm. And she still wants to see him prosecute it. They got their money back, they got whether their money he back. stole it or not. <laughs> Tom has been proven to be a criminal at this point, but she wants him prosecuted so she doesn't feel like a fool. I don't know if it's because everything else in her life has fallen apart and this is her one. I mean, that's terrible. It could be. It could be her. It could be her white whale. It sounds like she was stupid or not stupid. It sounds like that told Erica Jane we knew, like he, the way he described it, waving off the credit, the invoice, just bill it to Tom Zamex, bill it mm-hmm. to Tom Zamex. I don't even need to know. Yeah. And then I think it's her world crashed down, came crashing down and she realized what an idiot she had been. This is like her one little maybe she lost the house, she lost the cards, she lost the jets. This little case might be her one way to hold on to something and prove she wasn't as dumb as everyone. Oh, before speaking of losing things, <laughs> before we go... Kim Zolchak Beerman, her house. The house yeah. is in foreclosure. It's going to auction on the court steps. That is the, the house they filmed favorite. in. It's the, the pettiest thing ever is when they auction off a house on the steps outside a courthouse. Designed to humiliate. Yeah. I mean, the only thing worse is if they auctioned it in like the front yard while you're in the house. <laughs> but the, the court steps is pretty bad. Yeah. It's not even, I mean, especially. Relatively, but the house isn't even. I mean, they bought it for about I think eight eighty, eight hundred eighty thousand dollars, mm-hmm. which it's a nice house. It was I think it's in Marietta, Georgia. Um, Somewhere. Like, it's, I mean, yeah. they said the house like a nice ne- suburb. 
Yeah, they said the house now has a value around two and a half million, but when they bought it, it was under a million. And he, uh, Croy, that's how someone's name, Croy, Mm -hmm. they all have ridiculous names. Um, uh, I mean, Croy, he doesn't play anymore. I don't think he was a star, though, athlete. He was a a decent player. At one point, he signed a... um, like a three-year, nine million dollar contract, and he was a tight end, so that that's actually like starting money, like starting player money. I, he wasn't yeah, like a huge. He definitely got a bigger a name from player. her. No, she no, latched onto this. Player, yeah, yeah, I think she latched on this image. She's a real housewife. He's a pro athlete, and the way they lived was just beyond grand. Like it was yeah. keeping up with the Kardashians. It was Chanel everything, Louis Vuitton every. Uh, plastic surgery and they had all these rare car like some like what's it two three hundred thousand dollar mercedes g-wagon but like off-road customized point is they ended up selling that on like ebay or something i mean the money dried up they spent so fast she wasn't vanessa bryant yeah i'm not like completely blaming her either like i think he enjoyed the celebrity that her housewives gave him that the NFL didn't. And like, he enjoyed the money and he enjoyed being on television too. So like, there's a a given it takes. So when I mean like marrying her, I think ruined his football career that came from both of them. though. (laughs) Like that wasn't, she's not like, I'm not calling her Yoko Ono, which I also believe that Yoko Ono has a bad rap. So just, Mm Just you, it, you can debate it, that on your own. Kind of reminds me of well, no, because they had a more solid career, Harry Hamlin and Lisa Rinna. But the yeah. same pattern of latching on Housewives Bravo is what's been paying the bills for both mm-hmm. of them in recent years. They have their daughters out there trying to be influencers. We hear rumors about both their finances, but now Kim Zolchak's are confirmed. Yeah. So she's the She's the Kim Zolchak is the poor man's Lisa. Kim and Croy are the poor man's uh, Lisa Rinna, who's the poor man's Yolanda Hadid. Yolanda's the top. <laughs> Wait, and then you have no, then you have the ultimate Chris Jenner and her daughter. So Kim's just like bottom of the barrel. <laughs> Another comp for like, I like what you said about the kind of like a middling football player getting more fame from his wife is um, Eric Decker and Jesse James Decker. Like Eric was like a decent court football player, um, mm-hmm. but he was ele- his status was elevated because she was like the big reality star. But you're right. It hurt. It probably hurt his professional career because no, no, te- no team took him very seriously. And they knew that, the signing him is the added baggage of everything that goes along with that family, like the cameras and everything. So you're right. Like, I'm sure that I'm sure that was a hit to Croy's career. Like teams, even though he was only on the Falcons, other teams probably looked at it and are like, we don't want to deal with this. This yeah. is this, this family's too much. Yeah, He's not good she, enough. He's not good enough for this to be worth it. Yeah. Neither of them had the earning power to support the lifestyle she was putting out there. Mm-hmm. cooks, nannies. I mean, the, especially the amount of designer stuff she bought. It was just, it would take an income of at least a few million a year to sustain it. And maybe that was five, 10 years ago. 
Let's let's they also not worked. forget her wigs too, because she did yeah. level up from her synthetic wigs to like real human hair, like decent wigs, like you know, lace front and some you know, V cut like wigs going mm-hmm. like as she got, you know, richer and everything like that. So that's a lot of money invested in wigs. She once says she only wore them once a week. That's or no, again. what she only, I'm sorry, only wore a wig one only would wear a wig once. I don't know if that was like that's, that's how you too. that's how you lose yeah. an eight hundred thousand dollar house. Mm-hmm. Right yeah. there. God, she she could have easily had what almost two million in equity. I mean the house essentially yeah. tripled in value. But. You know, she should have done what they do in New Jersey and buy fakes. Just buy fake Louis and Chanel's. Like, come on. That's, like, I give her credit. You're right. Got to give Kim's little chair. I don't think she bought fakes. Facial so. features and body parts, yes, for her and her daughters. But it sounds like from everything she's been selling online that it's been real. Yeah. Well, um, it has been real. I, on, I, I will say just one last thing. Don't be tardy for the party is a banger. <laughs> I'll give her it that. Is. She, if, if, if for nothing else, that song is a banger. But you yeah. know what? I give Candy, Candy Burris, more of that credit. Oh, fair. She co wrote it. Oh, did she? Candy, she so. produced it. Yep. Fair. Well, if you want to help Nate and I afford some real hair human, real human hair wigs <laughs> and enhance our dreams of. Of reality, I don't TV think it would be stardom. noticeable at all if we just showed up with like a Kim Zolchek wig next week. I don't think anybody would notice. Yeah. Well, the way you could help us achieve our dreams is to go and subscribe, rate, and review Pretty Grow Up Podcasts. Share with all your friends, whether because you like us and you want them to hear it, or because you hate us and you hate them and you want to punish them. <laughs> we it doesn't really matter. Just as long as you, as long as you're talking about us, that's great. As <laughs> All long as the algorithm picks attention. up that you're talking about us, that's great. Then make sure to head on over to Instagram and TikTok. Follow us at Pretty Corrupt Podcast and Twitter at Pretty Corrupt One, where you can find all our personal accounts. Mm-hmm. Stacy, I would also I would also like to say hello to the Secret Service agents probably listening to this podcast as part of their investigation into Jordan. Hi guys, hello. Hi. Thank you for what, your service. What what Sumner Redstone tells me through the Ouija board is admissible in court. <laughs> it's just as good as leaving me a. I would a think that it was like document. it was like confidential, you know client privileged you know conversations but that's just me well who wants to say bye Nate does adios